2017, let's hear it. The loudest shout you've got in you. Give it to us. Great to see everybody today. Um, we're going to be on page 1401, 1401 in the Church Bibles this morning for our reading. First of all, some praises and prayer requests. Uh, I think we're moving toward a praise with Daniel and Rebecca. I think they're getting over the hump on COVID. We'll continue to remember them in your prayers. They've had a really, really rough week, both of them going through COVID this week. Um, a praise for Amanda Haynes. Wow, that's a, I just learned this morning that the, the kidney issues that they had uh, diagnosed after prayer and test, your kidney function has returned to normal. Bless Jesus. Amen. That is amazing. Thank you, Lord. And uh, also, Rubia, awesome to have you back with us today. I can't wait to hear the stories about your trip over to the African continent. That would be amazing to hear what God is doing and continues to do over there. So glad to have you back safely. Prayer requests real quick. Uh, might keep Adam in your prayers. He got some word this last week or so that he's got kind of a, a deal called celiac, kind of a gluten intolerant deal, uh, which some of us are already familiar with. Uh, we'll remember him as he tries to adjust to that. It can be done. I actually kind of live on a gluten-free diet a lot of times because I live with one. So you can live with it. you can live on it, Adam, but we'll pray for you on that. And uh, Sandra's dad, Sandra Escobedo's dad, is in the hospital this morning with a kidney failure and also some blood pressure irregularities. So we might remember Sandra's dad there. Out west in Arizona, we need to remember Crystal and Adam and Brittany. Crystal's been fighting COVID out there. And uh, Adam and Brittany have been fighting, apparently, what I've been fighting, the kind of the upper head stuff and respiratory stuff. So we'll keep all of them in our prayers uh, today. So anyway, our verse, verses today are going to begin in 1 John chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 1. Let's see, we're going to go through. We go through 5, I believe, 4 or 5. We'll see where this comes out, but. We're going to begin in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves them who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world in our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Let's pray this morning. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we uh, stand amazed uh, as we continue to see, Lord, your wonders work around us and those around us. Lord, we thank you for these praises uh, this morning. Lord, we, to see prayers that we cry out for people to be answered by your mighty hand and your spirit. Jesus are just such a blessing. And so I pray you continue, Lord, to help us to be close to what you're doing and always see what you're doing around us and in our lives. We bless you for time together today, um, Lord, to come together to give you awesome worship and praise. Lord, all that you do, I pray, is what is what we bring to you today. 
Lord Jesus, with, with a humble hearts. And Lord, this love that is given by you and your spirit when we obey and go by and live by your commands. And Lord, that we have a faith that is, that is overpowering and overshadowing everything that we do in our lives. Uh, we pray that love just infiltrates the world around us. We do lift up these, Lord, that are uh, hurting today. We thank you that you would be with um, Sandra and her dad and Brittany and Adam and Crystal, where they are. And uh, we just, Lord, continue to pray for Rebecca and Daniel. Give them strength today. Help them, Lord, all feel your presence and your strength and your healing today, Jesus. Uh, we, we bless you. We thank you again for your word. And, Lord, it's in your word that there is life, and that's where we go for life and the, and the source of all truth. We bless you today that your word and your name be lifted high as we worship you and as your word is taught today. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.
gratefully sing His wonderful love I should live under the ancient of days Pavilioned in splendor and girded with grace name tonight.
Good morning. Well, I love some of these great songs, and I particularly love the last one. It's just one of my favorite songs, and it says, um, Here you'll find us in our weakness, falling before the throne. And I love that understanding, and I, uh, I pray that as we study and hear these words today that that would be ever on our mind that that would be our hearts that we would come falling before the throne so last week we uh, taught out of Romans on um, in Romans 5 you may remember 5 and we verses 1 through 5 and we taught a little bit about trials and tribulations and the place that Paul was calling us in a place to rejoice in the trials and tribulations. And he helped us to understand that God's purpose in allowing these trials and tribulations in our lives was to draw us into a place of perseverance. 
to learn to endure through his strength in our weaknesses. And then he goes on to say that perseverance draws us into character. And I love this understanding of his character because this place of character is not as we often think of just being a morally good person, but rather that word means proof. It's the proof of who he is in us. And trials and tribulations draw us into a place that that is either going to be the case and we will prove that we are walking with Jesus and that he's the one that brings us through the trials and tribulations, or we find ourselves falling into dark places. The trials and the tribulations determine, sometimes allow us to see where we truly are. And all of that brings us into a place of hope, a place of hope in who Jesus is, and that trusting hope, that confidence in that he will see us through the difficult places. It may not be exactly as we thought. It may not all come out as we had planned. But he is our rock. And we can stand firmly on who he is in those trials and tribulations. So I want to start out this morning by just reading what we read last week to just refresh us there, and then we're going to go into our lesson today. So if you'll turn with me to Romans 5, it's on page 1297. Page 1297. It says, Therefore, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us, who was given to us. So hope does not disappoint. I love that place. That firm foundation of trusting in Jesus doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit given to us. So it's interesting because last week I finished teaching and last Sunday afternoon the Lord began to talk to me. Daniel was planning to be here today to teach on the last part of Philippians and we were both anticipating that's what God was doing, but neither one of us knew on Sunday that he was going to be diagnosed with COVID on Monday. And so the Lord began to talk to me on Sunday afternoon before we even knew what the situation was. And he said, you will teach next Sunday. And what you will teach, and he began to give me the message that we are going to hear today. 
And so it is amazing to me how God knows. I know he knows, and you know he knows. But doesn't it always just amaze us how he's going to work out and unfold his plan to bring about what his plan and his purpose is for today? So if you're here today, I believe this word is, has something for each one of us to draw from. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a little bit of hoarseness just from all the wind. But turn with me to John, first John, I'm sorry, first John on page 1400. <clears throat> page 1400, first John. I love that. Um, the Lord led Bill to read out of 1 John, even in that place. I thought, Lord, aren't you so fun to watch how you work in each of these places? But today we're going to be studying in a place that he told me so clearly, and it's just one verse, but it's 1 John 3, verse 8. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Just a half a second. All right, Lord, help us get that worked out. All right, 1 John 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So last Sunday afternoon... When the Lord began to talk to me, he said, Jesus, he was manifested. He came, he lived, he died, he was raised again. And one of the purposes is to overcome the works of the devil. And God began to say, so you've taught on trials and tribulations. So where does this come in? And he began to help me see <laughs> that our message title today would be, are these trials and tribulations or are they works of the devil? And how do we know the difference? And what does that look like? When we're reading this place and it says that he's come and been manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. This has so much that we can only cover a portion of it today. But what I want you to notice, first of all, that he starts out by saying something very interesting. He says, he who sins is of the devil. And for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And then he says, for this purpose, the son, of, the son of Man was manifested that he might overcome the works of the devil. So the very first place that we see here is that the Son of Man, that Jesus came and died on the cross and was raised again, that we might not live in darkness. We might not find ourselves joining with the enemy in sinful behavior. 
And I love the place where Bill was drawn to read this morning because, as you remember, it's just across the page there. And it says in verse 3 of chapter 5, he says, For this, well, let's start in verse 2. By this we know we love the children, I'm sorry. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. This is when we really come and show our love for God. This is how we love God, is by keeping his commandments. And I believe if you turn back one page to chapter 2, let me see, or maybe it's chapter 3. Let me see here. Just It's chapter 3. So right up from verse 8 in verse 4, it says, Whoever commits sins... Uh, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So what John is writing to us is that if you truly claim to love Jesus, your life will reflect that by keeping his commandments. And then John tells us in verse 4 here that sin is lawlessness, breaking God's laws, not keeping his commandments. So when you wonder, sometimes somebody will say, well, that may be sin for you, but it's not necessarily sin for me. And my response is always the same. It doesn't matter if you think it's a sin, and it doesn't matter if I think it's a sin. The only thing that matters is what the Bible says, whether it's a sin or not. Because sin is lawlessness breaking God's laws, not keeping his commandments. Hmm. And then you go on down to verse 8, and it says, He who sins is of the devil. So he is saying so clearly, you are not of mine. You are not mine. You are of the devil if you continue to walk in sin. If you continue in the lifestyle that reflects the way the enemy wants you to live, then you're not in Jesus. Then you come down to this place in verse 8 where he talks about, he says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And then he says, for this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. What he's talking about is several things. But one of the things he's talking about is the hold that he has on you. That he was made manifest to do away with this place where the enemy has a hold on you and brings your life in alignment with the devil. You see... We have studied this many times, but the Bible says that we're born in sin. We're born in darkness. We're born in lawlessness. We're born in this place of joining in with the devil in what he decides for us to do. And he whispers in our ears, and he draws us into the darkness, and we join up with him. And it says that Jesus came to overcome the works 
of the devil. He, he doesn't have that authority unless we give that to him by aligning with sin. Now, sometimes this can also be a place that is passed down through generations where someone in your past, in your generations, aligned with the enemy in a place of sin that actually the Bible opens up our understanding and says even that has an authority in your life. To bring and open a door for the devil to bring darkness into your life. So right here, John is telling us that you were born in this place and that the devil, if you continue to sin, you are joined up with him, but that Jesus came so that you don't have to be there. One of the things that the Lord began to talk to me about last week was really these effects of where we see the enemy is working in our lives. So sometimes when we have trials going on in our lives, we immediately sometimes want to say, well, that's the devil. He's doing that. When actually the things we looked at last week, we can see it may not be the devil. It may very, very well be Jesus, God, bringing trials and tribulations, difficult situations, even suffering into your life to get your attention, to bring you into this place of persevering with him, to bring you in this place to strengthen your character in proof of who he is, to bring you into the fullness of hope that he has for you. It may very be, wait, excuse me, it may very well be that God has brought this trial and tribulation into your life. But I think what the Lord wants us to do is to balance these places today and say, yes, God does sometimes bring trials and tribulations in our life. But in the same situation, we are going to see today that the devil can bring destruction and trials and tribulations in your life. Because you've opened the door, you've given him a right to bring destruction by joining up with him. Sometimes we didn't even mean to, but we did. And it opened the door. Sometimes it was generations that brought down curses into our lives that opened the door for the enemy. But I want us to look at some places today where exactly we see what John was writing about as it unfolds that Jesus overcame the works of the enemy. Okay? So turn with me to start with on uh, page 1201, Luke 13. Starting in verse 11, page 1201, starting in uh, chapter 13, verse 11, and it says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bent over, and could in no way raise herself up. So here is a lady that for 18 years she's had a spirit 
of infirmity. This spirit is an unclean spirit. It's not of Jesus. It's a spirit of darkness. It's a spirit by the devil. It's a spirit that has brought sickness, infirmity, sickness. So for 18 years, she has been afflicted with this place that has caused her to be bent over. So I love how the Bible is telling us so much information. He's saying the enemy had a right to work in her life and bring a place of destruction to her health. And here's what it looks like. She had a spirit of infirmity. So I don't know exactly how that played out in her life. If she had a lot of sickness through the years and through the sickness, it just continued to cause her to be bent over or if the only thing she had was that she was bent over. But whatever it is, the enemy had a right to it. But then in verse 12, it says, but, but, this is the place, 1 John 3 is playing out. This is the place where it says Jesus came to overcome the works of the devil. In this word, but. So the enemy has had a right to bring destruction and to bring darkness and to bring health problems into her life. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed, you are freed, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Praise Jesus. He overcame the works of the enemy. I love when it says right here in verse 12, it says, but when Jesus saw her, so I want to tell you, even in the situation you're in, even where the enemy is working and destroying your life, Jesus sees you. And then it says, something I want you to hold on to, he called her to him. We know when he's calling us, don't we? We don't always go. But we know that he's calling us. He's calling us out of our darkness, out of the sin we're in, out of the rebellion, out of the darkness, into him. And he called her. But then it says, and he said to her, woman, you are loosed. I know that she must have turned towards him. Because that right there, he met her right there. And he freed her. And then it says, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. And here's what it says, and glorified God. You see, Jesus knew that as he touched this woman, that her life would be changed physically, but her life would be changed spiritually as well. That she would come in a powerful place, and she would know God had touched her. And in this place, she would begin to glorify who he is. Jesus overcame the physical 
and the spiritual. You see, Satan had had a hold on her physically and spiritually, but no more. He overcame the works of the enemy. Let's look back at Luke 4. It's on page 1184, just a few pages back. Luke 4, verse 32 Let's start in 31. It says, And he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, (coughs) a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, as saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you are. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out of him. So this man, he's in the synagogue. He's in church. I love seeing that. Because there's an unclean spirit, and it even calls him a demon. In the man. And I don't know the fullness of how that was causing the man to be. It does say that the demon speaks out. And the demon is saying, let us alone. First of all, it says us. Let us alone, which means there were several spirits there, not just one. And then he says, you know, we know who you are. You're Jesus of Nazareth. But we know also who you really are. You're the Holy One of God. And they're saying, what do you want with us? Because they know when he comes on the, on the stage right there, their time is over. He is all authority. And he casts them out. And, and I love what it says then in verse 35. He says, he tells them to be quiet. You don't even have a right to talk. And get out of him. The authority of Jesus. And then he says, And when the demon had thrown him in their midst. So, I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that was controlled by the demonic. But that means Satan has a hold of that person. And he causes them to do things they don't really want to do. Sometimes it's minor things. Sometimes it's bigger things. But he the demons threw the man. They had that much control over that man's body that they were able to cause that body to be hurled over somewhere. 
Now, I don't know about you, but if we were in church service and all of a sudden somebody was manifesting with a demon and we came in a place of faith and said, get out in Jesus' name, and the demon threw them across the room, that you probably open your eyes, huh? It would begin to think, wow, Jesus. But then you see the man is set free, and it says they were all amazed. I also love that it says, and it didn't hurt him. God didn't allow him to get hurt. He didn't allow that. And then everybody standing around there said, wow, he, this is amazing. Jesus, he overcame the works of the devil. Okay, turn, let's see, look across the page on Luke 5, verse 12. So right across the page, Luke 5, verse 12, just across the page. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So this picture of leprosy, throughout the Bible, we read, particularly in the Old Testament, a lot about leprosy. And it was always attached to someone who was in a sinful place. Leprosy is a picture of sin. And so it says right here in verse 12, it said, when it happened in a certain city that behold a man who was full of leprosy. He was full of darkness. He was full of being in a sinful place of lawlessness, of aligning with the enemy. He was full. But he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus. <laughs> in his darkness, he could see Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He knew. He knew. He had heard about Jesus. He knew the things of Jesus. And he knew that if Jesus was willing, he could be made clean. Oh, the faith this man had. But I love what he says, if you are willing. And then in verse um, 13 it says, then Jesus, he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus is always willing. When we want to come out of the darkness, he is always willing to bring us out. Verse 14, and Jesus charged him to, tell him to tell no one, but to go and show himself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. So he sent him to the priest to make a testimony to the priest. That's what he's doing. He didn't need to go to the priest to be healed. He's already healed. But Jesus wanted him to share his testimony with the priest. So he sends him there. 
And then verse 7, uh, I'm sorry, verse 15. However, the report went out concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So the testimony of this man went out around the town, and everybody began to hear, and they all began to come. So I see in this place, they heard. They heard what Jesus could do. And they were willing to come to be healed. And then it says, to be healed by him of their infirmities. And so they came willing, willing to be healed. And then if you look down in verse 17, the last little bit of 17, it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord. These people came. They heard of the power of Jesus to overcome the things of the works of the enemy. And they were willing. They wanted to be touched of whatever the enemy was doing in their lives. And they heard of it. And they came. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Jesus overcame the works of the enemy. Turn with me to um, Mark 3. It's on page 1154. Mark 3, verse 10. It says, for he healed many so that as many as he had, I'm sorry, so that as many had, as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. So all of these people are gathering very close to him and he healed many. So that as many as had afflictions, they pressed about just to touch him. And the unclean spirits Whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. These unclean, demonic spirits, whenever they saw Jesus, they couldn't help it. They fell down and cried out, You are the Son of God. They know who he is. They know who he is. And even in this place, they have to fall down. Sometimes when we pray for people and, and they are overcome by the power of the Lord, people fall down. And I've had people question that place and say, you know, do people have to fall down? You know, we pray for people and they don't fall down. And, and here's what I want to say is I don't know about where you are. I don't know about what God's doing. But what I know is that the Bible talks about coming into the presence of the Lord and over and over and over again, it talks about people falling down. When you are truly overcome with the presence of the Lord, he brings you out of your darkness and lays you before the throne and you will fall down. 
I love that place. Even the demons fell down. Let's look at, uh, turn back one page to Mark 1, verse 40. This is similar to the one before. It says, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And, the, and as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Overcoming the works of the enemy. Now turn to Mark 9. It's on page 1163. Mark 9. Verse 17. It said, Then one of the crowd announced and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever he, it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered, them, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Now, one of the things I want you to note, first of all, the man brings him, and he says he has a mute spirit. He knew this wasn't of God. A mute spirit, he wasn't able to talk. And he thought, something spiritual is going on here. Oftentimes, when we have a situation we don't think about it being a spiritual matter. We think about, oh my goodness, something's wrong. We'll go to the doctor, we'll get it fixed, and, you know, we move on with our life. And we many, 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 many times do not recognize it's a spiritual matter. But this man did, and he brought him, and he said it's a mute spirit. He knew right off that this was not of God. And... Um, he says whenever it grabs a hold of him, it causes him to foam at the mouth and to gnash his teeth and uh, to get very rigid. We would call this epilepsy today. That's what we would say. But this man is saying there's a spiritual problem. And then... Um, Jesus says, you know, bring him to me. And then verse 20, it says, and when they brought him to him, and when he saw Jesus, immediately the spirit, the spirit got mad again, and it convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at his mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. So when he was a little child, it's been going on. And... Uh, how, and, and often he was thrown him both into the fire and into the water trying to destroy him. This spirit is trying to kill the child. He's trying to throw him into the fire. He's trying to throw him into the water. We would just say he fell into the fire and he fell into the water. That's not what's happening. There's a spiritual situation. We don't have our eyes open 
to be able to see what is going on around us. And then in verse 23, well, let's see, I didn't finish that. Verse 22, it says, But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. The man's saying, can you, wow, this is a lot. Can you even help us here? I know that man was thinking, I don't know. He, this has been all his life. And Jesus said, if you can believe, <laughs> all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe, if you can believe in who I am, all things are possible. And immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm telling you, I've been in those situations. Have you been there? When you know that you believe in the power of who Jesus is, but you're trembling in your, in your faith because you think, Lord, this seems so massive. But you gather up and you go, no, I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust him. And so when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast, out, cast it out? And he said to them, This kind came out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And then they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know it. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man, uh, and then it goes on, he must be... Um, crucified and raised again but what I want you to hear his disciples came and said why weren't we able to do this and he says this kind he's not talking about the deaf and dumb spirit he's talking about what's inside of them their unbelief their doubt their questioning and he said, this comes out by prayer and fasting. You want to strengthen your belief? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. That's what he's telling the disciples. Let's see. Let's look at um, <clears throat> Matthew 10. It's on page 1121. Matthew 10, verse 1, it says, And when he had called his, the twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So as Jesus began to disciple his twelve followers, he sends them out. Not only does he have the power and authority over 
all things, but he's now given it to those who are his disciples, his followers. And he says, you have the power to cast these unclean spirits out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. Turn with me to page 11. 73 Mark 16 St starting in verse 15 and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is what we call the Great Commission. Every Christian, every church, every pastor teaches this verse right here. Of go into all the world and preach the gospel. But then he goes on to say, and he who believes... And is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus is saying, if you are a follower of me, if you are a disciple of me, and you claim to be one who believes, these things should follow you. These things should be a part of your life. That you would, in his name, cast out demons. That, they, that you would speak with new tongues and that you will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them and they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. In other words, God is giving Jesus the authority to overcome the works of the enemy. Then Jesus is giving that authority to those that follow him to overcome the works of the enemy. So how do we know? Is it a trial? Is it a tribulation? Or is it the work of the enemy? I would tell you they're this close. I would tell you that the only way to know is to be willing to ask Jesus and he will tell you and he will guide you and he will direct you but the first thing is we have to be willing to be as the father that brought his son willing to see there is a spiritual matter going on in our life before we can come to Jesus. 
You have to be willing first. The Lord changed my life about 18 years ago to open my understanding to the spiritual realm. And many of you know those stories and understand that place and that walk. But one thing I know for sure, it did exactly that. It changed my life forever in so many ways. But one way for sure is it opened my understanding that there is a spiritual war going on that many talk about, but few are willing to see, that few are willing to admit, that few are willing to come truly to Jesus, that their eyes could be opened, that they could receive healing, physically, spiritually, mentally. Body, mind, and spirit. That they would be willing to truly embrace the place where Jesus has overcome the works of the devil. If you're here today, I think you're here for a powerful reason. I believe that. Because God began to lay this message out a week ago. So if you're here, I pray that you'll begin to ask the Lord why you're here. What he desires to do with this place in your life. Are there places of people that you know that you can see now they're in spiritual battles? That they're oppressed by the power of the devil? Are there places in yourself that God is calling you to find freedom, as he said that the lady was loosed from the destruction of the enemy? Would you be willing to be freed by Jesus? And if so, would you walk away glorifying him? Would your life, as mine was, be forever changed? If you're here today and you feel like the Lord is speaking to you and you desire for our elders to pray with you and to align with you in God's work, powerful work in your life, we desire to be a part of that. Willing to see the battle and willing to believe in who he is. And then you will see the powerful place of where Jesus came to overcome the works of the devil. Join with me, please.
here.